Chris Duane here. Welcome to I Wish I Knew, a Disrupt Ed TV podcast where educators talk about a situation where they found themselves saying, boy, I wish I knew. Well, today we're talking with Nate Levinson from the District Management Group in Boston, Massachusetts. As you know, this is a show where educators share that time they jumped into something and really wish there was one thing they could have known that really would have helped out. Nate, what story do you want to share with us today? Great, thanks, Chris. Um, I had recently become a superintendent um, in Arlington, Mass, and you know, quickly learned, even before I took the job, that we're a decent district, but our kids with disabilities were just achieving an incredibly low level. Um, I know that's true most everywhere, but uh, we were particularly problematic in this area. Uh, parents knew it, teachers knew it. It was an issue we had to address. Um, and it became my top priority. But what I really wished I knew uh, before I jumped in with both feet was that the solution to uh, improving outcomes for kids with disabilities doesn't live primarily within the special education department. Uh, you know, the advice I'd gotten from others, the experiences when you talk to other leaders is, you know, special ed's gonna fix kids with disabilities. And, so we, we jumped into this um, by you know, talking to special educators. We jumped into this by looking at IEPs, uh, all the th all the aspects of special education, and that did not move the needle. And what what we learned later um, was that the solution to uh, helping kids with disabilities lives way beyond the scope of special education and the special education department. Can you tell me how you changed it and how it has helped you address this in other districts? Sure. Uh, what we realized uh, was that, you know, for most kids with disabilities, they spend most of their day in the general education classroom. That's a good thing. Right. But it meant that, you know, if, I'm, if a student's trying to learn to read, the classroom teachers got 90 minutes, maybe two hours a day with them. And then they go off to special education for 30 minutes. What were we thinking? How are you going to do two hours? Uh, how does 30 minutes of extra help? Um, right, replace, move the needle, sure. Move the needle. Um, and so what we realized we had to do is first focus on general ed core instruction that the instruction happening in the classroom had to meet not all, but most of the needs of the kids with disabilities, which meant the classroom teacher can't be thinking, not my job. And I don't say that in a demeaning way, but a lot of classroom teachers, and I've interviewed a few thousand of them now um, in my role as a consultant, that they were thinking, I don't know what to do with a kid with disabilities. And there are these other people who are so special, they even have special in their name, they're special educators, they'll know what to do. So we had to get teachers to understand that it was in fact their job. And then once they realized that, they said, but I really don't know what to do. So we had to teach them. And that's where the special educators who knew a lot about pedagogy, a lot about scaffolding, um, how to break down ideas, they, we started having our special educators working with our teachers, teaching them some of that pedagogy that they were really skilled at. And can I ask you how receptive were not only, well, 
first of all, how receptive were the Board of Educations that you worked with to the fact that you were going to address their general ed teachers who already had scores that were in the, you know, the acceptable ranges? And how did they feel about having special ed teachers teaching these gen ed teachers? Um, I think a couple of different things went through their head. So the first was they were happy we were going to try something different because whatever we've been doing for the last 20 years wasn't working. So I do think they were open to trying. They knew we needed something different. Mm -hmm. um, I think the fact that we had very strong principal support, um, they don't, boards don't always listen to superintendents, but they took their lead from the principals who thought this was a good idea. Um, the general education teachers themselves liked the idea if we were gonna help them. Wow, uh, they really? didn't, okay. They didn't want to do it if we weren't going to help them. They did not want to do it if we weren't going to help them. Because they said we don't know what to do. But if we offered them the help, they were game. Uh, quite honestly, the special educators had the hardest time with it. Really? How come? What was your take uh, on that? I think two different takes. One was a loss of a sense of importance. I did refer to this arrangement where the special ed where the general educators said, hey, they're those special people, they'll fix these kids. I used to call that the devil's bargain because from the general educators side, they said, I don't have to worry about this. And I found from the special educators side, they said, see how important I am? Right. Um, and they liked having, they loved the kids. They loved having the time with them. They loved it being their responsibility. And all of a sudden I said, you know, you can't fix them. You can't do it alone. And it, it I think it, it hit at their identity. Wow. Um, which is always a tricky thing to do. Um, I think they appreciated that we recognized their expertise in pedagogy. But for example, one of the things, one of the reasons I felt classroom teachers had to, um, be a key teacher is, you know, in elementary schools, kids gotta learn to read. Nothing matters more for kids with disabilities than being able right. to read well. Exactly. Mm -hmm. totally. Well, some of our classroom teachers had a lot of training in how to teach reading. We'd worked with them and they'd worked on it. But we had a lot of special educators who weren't sent to those trainings, who didn't have that background. And so I, I do think that it also hurt some feelings when we said, hey, if a kid struggles to read, they should be taught by somebody with very strong background in teaching reading. And some of our special educators said, yep, that's me. And they were fine with it. Mm -hmm. Others said, no, that's not really my skill set, but I'm still a little, I'm a little insulted that we're talking about them. Right. It was right. a, it was I can a imagine. transition. Yes, I can imagine. Yeah. I have to ask you, um, you obviously were able to be successful because I know you have gone on to work with 40 districts. Do I have that number right? Uh, almost 200 now. Oh, <laughs> 200. There we go. Um, but tell me about the kinds of improvement that you've seen. Share with us. Sure. So um, where this all started here in Arlington, we were able to reduce the number of struggling readers uh, by two thirds. Huh. Um, we closed, and you know, this we did similar things at the say the high school. We closed the general ed, special ed, achievement gap in both math and English by 40 points. 
wow, the board must have been thrilled. The kids must have been doing so well. There must have been a great shift in student attitude. That That's just awesome, Nate. Yeah, this was a big moving of the needle. Then the think tank started coming to study us and then I decided that I'd go try to spread this word and spread these approaches to a lot more districts. I think that that's an awesome idea. Um, I, I just am awed by that kind of success because I know the struggles that you're talking about as a special ed teacher. I'm on that treadmill where uh, all those things you mentioned, I can't even begin to list them. But So I guess my question is, what are the three takeaways you want our listeners to have from today? Sure. Um, the, the first is, if you want to help kids with special needs, uh, look to general education first. And the nice part about that is all the things we want the gen ed teachers to do to help our kids with special needs, help every other student in the classroom. So that is a win-win. Okay. Um, the second, oh, sorry, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, it makes sense to me. I just, <laughs> I've been doing this a long time. It makes perfect sense to me. I'm sorry, go right ahead. I'm glad it does. Uh, the second thing I'd want people to know is that special education, uh, whether it's uh, the, the, the label or the teachers, it's just too broad a topic. We, we need to say, hey, does Nate need help with reading or with math or with managing his behaviors? And we need to, special ed doesn't tell me anything. It is a federal law, it is a funding source, but it doesn't tell me about the student. Um, and so what we need to do is really be looking at students as individuals, identify what their needs are and it's, it's reading we need somebody who's strong in reading if it's math we need somebody who's strong in math and if it's behavior we need somebody who has expertise there so second big takeaway is don't focus on the label focus on the students needs well makes sense and the third one you want us to take out um i think that you can't do any of this without managing the schedule you know schedules are like the most boring thing in the world um, people think of them as just something you got to build, but all the things I just talked about require really thoughtful schedules. Um, you got to make sure that kids aren't being pulled out of reading to get special ed services and not being pulled out of math to get speech therapy. Um, you got to make sure that special educators are available at the right time during the day if they're going into a classroom. You got to make sure that reading teachers um, are managing their time sufficiently so that they can help all the kids who need the help. So uh, scheduling is strategically important for implementing these kind of practices. And too often, uh, we just ask every teacher to build their own schedule the best they can, left to themselves. And that very seldom does the best for kids. Well, I could have this conversation, as you know, for a really long time, but we're going to wrap this up. So. Um, maybe we can have another conversation because I have heard you turn over so many stones that I would love to have I would love to have the time to pursue and I know my listeners would love to listen to that as well but for that part um, we've been uh, talking with Nate Levinson today and Nate I really want to thank you for taking the time to uh, spend with us today uh, my pleasure and I'm uh, happy to continue the conversation in the future excellent have a great day we hope that you'll all join us again when we talk about I wish I knew <laughs>